Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Tunnel Vision Podcast, episode 20. I'm Mario Doremus. I'm Eric Walker. Man, Eric, episode 20, man. It's a beautiful place to be right now. Hopefully, about 200 more to come. Well, more than that, but let's just start at 200. Yeah, 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 man. I mean, these 20 weeks have went by pretty fast, man. Um, it's it's exciting that we got all the sports that we got right now. Um, and just I'm excited to be here, man, and uh, be able to talk our talk. Yeah, and I mean, fall weather, man. Whew! Yeah, that- fall season is one of my best seasons. And it's crazy because as a kid, I didn't like fall. But fall, I get the kind of... I like fall better. I like fall. And what better way to have fall, fall and to have a Big Ten come back? Yeah, I know, right? Uh, let's just dive right into it and talk about it. October 24th right now is the projected date. or the It's the day right now. It's the target date for Big Ten football to return. And that's been big news all across just because of everything that's going on and then all the other conferences that are already playing Big Ten uh, originally, I think it was like November is when they choked. We're going to choose to start, but now they moved the date up. How do you feel about uh, an earlier start time for the Big Ten football? Um, I'm excited. As as you can probably see, I'm starting to kind of get the, uh, the the man cave together down here, and I, I got, you know, some Cowboys and Lakers stuff going on, but over there, once I get that wall set situated, I got a bunch of Buckeye stuff to put up, and it's going to be right on cue because I think I'm going to make sure I have it up for opening week. Um, that I'm excited, man. I, 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 There's a couple things that I don't like about this fall that doesn't get me into football season, and not having Big Ten football was one of them. Um, not being able to see my boys play. I mean, we've had a week, right? of college football or two weeks now. Um, and, and, and it's just very, very, it was very, very disappointing. And a little, I was a little down on it. You know what I mean? But, um, I'm excited now. Very excited. Um, so I'm glad that the big 10 has made this, this change. Um, and, and that they're allowing the fans to get what we want is big 10 football back. And now it gives us, an opportunity to put ourselves in position to um, be in the college football playoffs. Um, that that That's ultimately what I wanted to see. Uh, excited to see so far. We have the two guys that have opted out earlier this week have opted back in to play college football for Ohio State. So I'm excited, man. How about you as a, as a fan up north? Okay. If you're implying to the Michigan Wolverines, I, one, I, I'm very excited to have Michigan football back. Two, I'm just hoping that the players can stay healthy. That's it. You know, I mean, football injuries can happen, but COVID, I mean, I think I, I want to see uh, a lot of kids just stay free of that. And as long as, you know, players can stay healthy, I'm all in favor of the season going on. But, you know, outside of that, I mean, I'm, I love football. So regardless of how I got to get it, or regardless of how they give it to me, I you know I take it. So yeah, um, and you know it's crazy because I was just thinking about something, you know. And as much as I dislike that team that's red and gray, uh, <laughs> football season, like college football, 
it's really not it doesn't feel right without Ohio State being there, right? Hey, people, he he is he is crossing. No, over. I, I'm not crossing Slowly over. Slowly but surely, I'm not crossing over. But just like hear me out. It's just like if Alabama was not to be playing college football, if Clemson was not to be playing college football, if the Lakers were not to be playing in the NBA, right? It just it wouldn't like it wouldn't feel right. All right, so just uh you know one one thing that I will say just before I hand it back over to you. Michigan and Ohio State is similar to Duke and North Carolina when you're talking college basketball. Yes, I mean, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, having a season without Michigan, Ohio State football, regardless of how it's been over the past 15 years, is still one of the greatest rivalries in sports, period. It, has it been a rivalry in the last 15 years? In the past 10 years, no, but 15, yeah. Uh, okay, all right, all right. <laughs> I'll just go. That was a quick jab. Nah, man. Um, I love it, man. Uh, college football is back. Um, it, it is very, very, very great to have uh, the Big Ten back and and give and give the SEC and ACC competition for the the the, the college football playoffs, which is one of the things we I wanted to see. You know what I mean? I don't want to see three SEC teams in the college football playoffs. I doubt if there's a another team that's a ACC team that would have been able to make it. You know what I mean? So um, I think it's very interesting that the protocols that they have in place for these kids. So I am uh, very excited that these kids are kind of getting some um, some good protocols along with getting football back. The biggest thing is we, we now we're still missing one conference right we're still missing one big conference which is the pack pack 12 um no i mean if, if you want to say miss no i mean it's it's the it's the teams that play <laughs> when nobody's watching yeah but on the east co- on the east but, coast but to a certain extent right i mean you talk about how ohio state is and um lakers and 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 some of the great teams in the our tradition teams in every every other sport i mean usc is one of those teams as well um, to some people, right? Um, but it, but to a certain extent, it's, it's just another conference that we get. Um, I we'll find out in the here coming up days whether they're going to play or not and decide to do the same thing that the Big Ten has. The thing that I would like to look closely is the Big Ten has always and have been practicing and um, getting prepared as if they were playing a game. Every, I mean, the past couple weeks, right? Um, they haven't had limited practicing. Whereas the Pac-12, you have those schools that are in California have had limited practicing and haven't had any tackling um, as far as team drills. Haven't had, I think, uh, I think a number of six guys together, six, six group of guys at one time. So I think it'll be very, very interesting to see. Um, especially from a just a standpoint of injury and the ability of these guys working together in a unison to try to get to play football before um, October is over for them as well. So October 24th, man, it's, you know, it'll be a big day. Glad to see some, some big team football, especially people here in the Midwest, especially. Um, so we got that to look forward to, but also, NFL just returned. Week one is in the books. 
what are what are your impressions coming off of week one? I mean, I know we had some conversation prior to the podcast, or you know, um, I know one thing that you did want to talk about is Philip Rivers. Man, Philip Rivers is stealing a damn paycheck. Like if if you if you if you look how the Philip Rivers has not performed at a high level for a couple years now. Um, and Keenan Allen has always been his saving grace. But he comes over to the Colts, and the first thing everybody thinks is, oh, they got this young receiver core. They got T.Y. Hilton, who's a veteran, who's been in the league for a while. He's going to be throwing the ball over the place. We haven't really seen that since probably Andrew Luck, right? And to a certain extent, Andrew Luck's been in and out of the lineup when he was playing. So we was about to see something different for the Indianapolis Colts. This guy stunk it up. They lost to the Jaguars, the worst team in football right now. This team, along with probably Miami, has has started, and Miami hasn't done it as much, but on the verge of tanking early, like not even playing a game and they're tanking. They're getting rid of their best players, and you lose to this team? How? I, I I just this dude is getting paid a lot of money. They brought him over to play over um Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett, and it's like, what did you gain from this? He's he's a he's a walking turnover right now. He's been a walking turnover since for last long, year. For a long time. Not just last, last year. year. But, yeah. He, he's been – that's how – he's he's a boomer bust guy. He he kind of throws the ball downfield. And it's all, to a certain extent, it's starting to look like it's a prayer. And I, I, it, I, I'm just mind blown by it, man. I, I, I'm mind blown. Uh, what, what do you think of his performance? Well, I'll tell you what I feel about Philip Rivers' performance it was hard to watch because I saw some of the game and I saw actually one of the interceptions, you know, live as it was happening. And the one thing I will say about Phillip Rivers, he's not a spring chicken anymore. And a lot of the Colts fans, I think that they, they didn't think they were getting Andrew Luck. They thought they were getting Peyton Manning back. And, Philip Rivers is a long way from Peyton Manning. A long way. And $25 million, I think about that often. $25 million for one season going to a guy who played terrible at it. He cost his team possibly the playoffs. <laughs> I'm not paying somebody $25 million who was the weak link on their team. And if you look at it over the last, I, I looked at the at the stats over his last five games, including the game that just passed uh, in week one. This is so this is dating back to last year, last season, right? Mm-hmm. Last five games, he's thrown seven touchdowns and seven interceptions, and completed less than fifty percent of his passes. And he gets a job in, um, old boy from Tampa Bay last year. Uh, mine's kind of going a little blank. Jameis Winston. James Winston throws for 30 and 30, but over, what, 4,000, 5,000 yards, 
and he doesn't have a job right now. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, people can say what they want about it. like Jameis Winston. He's a high risk, high reward guy, but a lot of those turnovers were not his fault. Philip Rivers is mostly responsible for the turnovers that he's that he's had. Yes, I agree. Like they gave him every, they gave him almost everything out in uh in San or Los Angeles or used to be San Diego to to uh, succeed. And he, it's like, so it's like your teacher giving you a calculator with a math on a math test. If you fail, you're solely responsible for failing that test. You got the tool, the only tool that you really need. All you need are formulas and a calculator. When he was with the Chargers, they gave him receivers, they gave him a running back, they gave him offensive line. Hell, the last couple of years they gave him a top ten defense. Yeah, <laughs> and he still couldn't get it done. Yeah, and the, the best defender on the Chargers was Philip Rivers. Yes, facts. But th- that's that's how I feel about Philip Rivers' performance and about the contract that he was given. I don't dislike Philip Rivers for his career because I think he's had a, a spectacular career, but he just kind of overstayed his welcome. He should have went home a couple years ago. Yeah, but I think something about the seventeen kids has something to do with it. Or I don't I I might be exaggerating. Well, I, I, think, I, I think we're <laughs> over ten. I think he's over ten. I think he's got ten or eleven now. Yeah. So um, I think that may have something to do with it. Uh, off the time, some of these guys just don't want to go home to their kids and be around their kids and their family um, because they're not used to being around them often like they are um, throughout the off season. That's different, you know what I mean. But you get your own time to kind of wind and dine, and for a while. They were, when he was in San Diego, right, so when the San Diego Chargers went to L.A., the family stayed back in San Diego. Yeah. And he commuted back and forth. So it was like kind of, and it was, at times he probably didn't commute, so it was like, it was probably like a a, a break for him. You know what I mean? Now he goes to Indy. I don't know where the family is, but um, I hope they're not in Indy watching this. I wouldn't want to move from California to Indy to see this crap. (laughs) I'll tell you that. (laughs) <laughs> you know which is i don't know is uh, hopefully they can turn it around but I, I i will say this i think at some point and i won't even say some point but i think soon if things don't turn around for philip rivers i can see the coach making a coaching i can see them making a quarterback change maybe around week three or week four if, if they don't clean it up as they should as they should yeah but uh speaking of quarterbacks let's talk about another old quarterback tom brady Man, I, I, I want this to be clear. I understand um, I understand how so many people have so many high hopes and um, the, the desire for Tom Brady to be great at this point of his career. Um, and, and, and I understand that some people say he's the GOAT. Um, some may argue. Uh, I'm not here to debate that. What I am here to debate is this guy is not that good. Tom Brady is not the person who we thought he was or who who, who they led him to believe he was. Um, out of nowhere, for some reason, they, they say that at the beginning of the season, before the season starts, that they have great odds to win the Super Bowl or, or to get to the Super Bowl and to win the conference. This dude comes out and I think he had barely over 100 and. 80 yards passing, 
his he threw an out route and got picked off pick six. I mean, it he doesn't have the arm strength. The accuracy doesn't look there. Um, I don't know if the receivers are going to be wanting to adjust to him because now you have to dink and doink down a field. And those aren't guys that want to dink and doink down a field. Godwin and, and, and Mike Evans want to take the top off the defense and go over the top and, and, and catch some deep balls. They, that's how they get excited, right? And when you have that excitement as a receiver to do that, and you don't have the opportunity to do that, you, you start to kind of probably feel down. And uh, it, it, it's just, I, I, I want the expectations for Tom Brady to come down. I don't think this team, I'm going out on a limb and I'll say this. If Tom Brady is the quarterback for this team for the whole season, they're not winning. They're not going to the playoffs behind Tom Brady. Well, hold on, hold on. Because if he's not the quarterback, then that means the starting quarterback would be Blaine Gabbert. They got a better chance with Brady than Blaine. I'm not saying that Blaine is the answer. What I am saying is, if they win, if they go to the playoffs with Tom Brady, it's not because of Tom Brady. It's going to be the soul of that defense. It's going to be the soul of the running game. Tom Brady's not going to get them to the playoffs. So, basically, he'll be back in New England. To a certain extent. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be in New England with a different jersey. Yeah. I mean, that's but that's what that's the like the winning recipe for Tom Brady. Like, it is. It has been. It's It's been that way since he's... I think after the, the only year was the year he had he had Randy Moss. Yeah, the, the years that he had Randy Moss, and I mean there's a few years other than that, it but was a few years in between, but but nothing major. Yeah, no, I I agree with you 100. percent I mean, if you go back and look at early years prior to Randy coming to New England, I mean he's a m- middle of the road quarterback. He mm-hmm. just is, and it's I mean it's no disrespect to Tom Brady. I still think he's one of the greatest type of play based upon his accolades and things he's able to accomplish within his career. But if you're expecting him to come out and just be this spectacular, like he's never been Aaron Rodgers. He's not. He's never been Peyton Manning. That's not his game. It's not his forte. Nope. And I think when he went to Tampa, a lot of people were expecting him to just come out, throw like five touchdowns a game and get them to the Super Bowl. Maybe they lose three games. Those are unrealistic expectations. Yes. This is a look last year. They were a, a bad a bad to average football team this year they're an average football team that's it yeah I, i'm not saying that tom brady because i don't even know if necessarily know if he was an upgrade from Jameis. it was just a different no. it's, it's a different quarterback with a better reputation that's it that is i mean I, i'll take that let me take a step back it's a it's a it's a better upgrade from certain aspects of the game you get a leader you get somebody who can um, get guys to do things for them that Jameis probably couldn't do. You get guys that understand the game and the IQ level. After that, that's it. When you talk about pure ability and skill, it's I, I, I would give the edge to Jameis Winston. And Jameis Winston can at least throw the ball downfield. Um, it may not be accurate, but he gives his – who wouldn't give Godwin and, and Evans – a 50-50 ball. I'll take that all day. That's how. That's the reason why he threw for over five thousand yards. Yeah, and I mean, but let's let's be real. Like Mike Evans, like that's that's his forte, right? Yeah. That's his that's his 
butter. Like that's his butter play. Yeah. That's the money maker. Like you're tall. You've been you've been known for catching fifty fifty balls since Texas A and M. That's what got you drafted so high in the draft, right? You're t- you you got the height, you got the athleticism, you got the build, the physicality, you got the speed. Like that's what that's what he's gonna do. Yep, that is what he's gonna do. Is Tom Brady gonna put him in the best position to get those fifty fifty balls? I don't know. I think Tom Brady, when he had Randy Moss, had a better arm and a better offensive line. <laughs> yes. But the the one thing I will I will say I think you hit the head or the, uh, you hit the nail right on the head when you said the running game like Leonard Fournette, Lashawn McCoy, and Ronald Jones the second they have to carry this team yes. and then Tom Brady has to be able to to capitalize off of a stable running game. Yep, I agree a hundred percent. But man, it was a it was a. Really big week in week one, man. Uh, so, what were some other things that stood out to you? Um, I, I guess we could just get the the elephant out the room out the way. Um, the Ca- Dallas Cowboys. Oh, just ripped the bandaid off. How in the world can you not be creative offensively? How could you have arguably one of the best offenses on paper? And not be creative. How could you have the number one offense last year and come out this season and look so flat like you got a quarterback that's in his rookie year? How could you not have no creativeness in your offense at all to get your guys the ball? I I am just mind blown by the preparation of the offense Hell, and the defense to be ready to, to to make a championship run. We 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 talked we talked about this earlier in the in the offseason, and you and I both said that we felt that this was their year. This was their year to run, make a run for the Super Bowl. I'll tell you what, as a fan of the Dallas Cowboys, I am getting sick and tired of saying this is our year to make a run for the fucking Super Bowl. I am. And I'm getting sick and tired of seeing piss poor preparation on the field. How do you not? How do you not get creative when you're playing against Aaron Donald? You have to find something to slow him down. Yeah, I will say this: Aaron Donald made it the, probably the biggest impact of the game on either side of the football for the Rams. And not only that, but man, when you talk about the play action pass, like I feel like defensively, the Cowboys, like as good as as much depth as they have defensively, especially on that line, you couldn't tell by the way that they were playing because they were literally letting the, they were letting the L.A. Rams do whatever on, you on know, offense. You know why? They never stun it. The defensive line played straight up. How in the hell do you make how do you have a defensive line in the NFL not stunning? Yeah, I know. You uh, can't win ball games like that. You can't get any penetration. You can't allow your defense to 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 hone in on what they do best. On top of that, uh, the linebacker goes Vanderhart goes down again. Yeah, and that's you know that's odd because right when that happened and they announced about his 
because uh, he he had what he hurt his collarbone, right? Broke his collarbone. And they said he's out to it's like up to eight weeks. Yep. I was like, man, this reminds me of another linebacker in Dallas who had all the promise in the world but kept getting hurt. Sean Lee, like literally, that was Sean Lee's career. Like, got all this talent, but you're always hurt. Sean Lee's hurt again. Exactly. That's the story of his. That's why I said that's been the story of his career. But you know what's mind blowing about this, right? Gerald McCoy tears his ACL in practice, non-contact. The next day, he's he's uh, cut. Vonderhurst has been on this team for three years now and has been injury prone besides one year. Sean Lee has been injury prone every year he's been on this team and he still have a job. I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna go any further, but I I think I just proved a point right there. And I'll say this man, it is bad to see them play. Now to to go back to the game to itself, I wanna add they played bad football, but almost won the game. They almost won the game. Yes, that was a bad P.I. call. Bad. The actor award goes to Jalen Ramsey. He sold it. It is what it is. And they bought it. And they bought it. But there's no way in hell that you call a P.I. on a receiver, on an offensive receiver, when they're both fighting for possession. You know how you avoid that? Don't put the don't put the game in the hands of the rest. A hundred percent. So as a fan, I'm not blaming that call. That that was not we played poorly. Um, but as good as the Rams actually looked, we were in the game to win the game. The Rams should have destroyed us. We should have got beat by 21 points or better, but we didn't. We we. We we got a, a, a freak turnover. Um but I, I I go back to we've had Dak Prescott here for a while. And the creative the creativeness of the plays was just basic. It was basic. Yeah, but this is the thing though. I mean I, and this is just to play devil's advocate, but could do you believe that maybe it was a little flat because I mean, it was a limited offseason. You got to think no, this, this is a no. this is a new head coach, new system. That, look, I get it. Dak had a really good year, but it was a it was a system that he was accustomed to playing in. But I, I will say this: I I do need to see more from Amari Cooper. Oh, I I haven't got to him yet. I he he wasn't on my list, but he's on my list. The offense looks like Jason Garrett is still the fucking head coach. That's 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 bad. Amari Cooper, my guy. When are you gonna show up in a big game? You haven't showed up in a big game since you've been there. You've got paid like you showed up every week. I'm gonna need for you to show up like you get paid every week. I will tell you this though. I think C.D. Lamb. Last week looked more like the number one receiver than Amari Cooper. Yes. Michael Gallup looks like more of a number one receiver than Amari Cooper right now. Amari Cooper can't play consistently. And, and to be a number one receiver, I don't know if you 
anybody knows this, but to be a number one receiver, you have to perform at a high level in the NFL. Um, and if you don't, you're 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 more than likely like a number two. Um, you you have to make catches when they're out of your catch radius. <laughs> you you can't just get balls thrown to you in your chest or in your catching pocket. You can't drop that many passes. And you can't drop that many passes. I, I, dog, I, I am mind blown how the offense was ran. Kellen Moore, if you, if you, you, you gonna, you gonna call his offense like this again? Um, it might be time for Mike McCarthy to take over, bro. Yeah, that's um. Another week of this shit, and, and Mike McCarthy needs to take over. Yeah, because I mean, it looks bad. I agree. I think the the Cowboys they have to they have to get into a rhythm. They like that's the team. Like this is this is the year that they. I feel like Jerry Jones is like okay, we're we're going all in. We're going in to make it a run to make an impact, and most importantly, not just to make the playoffs, but to make a Super Bowl run, or at least compete. But guess, to get there. But guess what? Here's why I question that. I, I, I thought that, right? But we have injuries. We have some holes that we need to fill. And yet you don't sign anybody the next week when you look that bad. Tight end is out for the season. You don't sign anybody else. We're down two linebackers. You don't sign anybody. DBs didn't look that great. You didn't sign Earl Thomas. Are you really all in, Jerry? Jerry, yeah. are, are, are you? And you know it's crazy because I think that was kind of the assumption after they cut ha-ha Clinton Dix that they would go out and make a move to get Earl Thomas, you know, clear up some cap space. But nothing happened. No, you know why? They just cut ha-ha Clinton Dix. No, they, they made a move. They signed Brandon Carr to the practice squad. Oh, that's right. I, they did bring Brandon Carr back. And I'm still trying to figure out why. But Well, I, I think he had some success when he moved to safety for the Ravens. To a certain extent, but that was a sample size. We need somebody who's going to come in and play and, and perform at a high level. Flat out. It ain't championship or bust for Jerry Jones yet. I don't see it. I don't see it. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, but you know, we're gonna get into the picks later. You know, then uh, for, in the predictions for week two. But uh, man. I do just want to talk about the Eagles game. We don't have to stay on it long. <laughs> not really much to talk about. Uh, and I, I will summarize the game right here in less than two minutes. Eagles went up. Looked great. Carson Wentz gets hit a lot. Carson Wentz forces passes. Carson Wentz holds on the ball too long. Carson Wentz throws interceptions. Carson Wentz continues to get hit a lot. The Washington football team, they take the lead. They were down 17 points. It was 17 to nothing. They won the game 27 to 17. That means they scored 27 unanswered points. That's the ball game. There's the summary of the game in less than two minutes. And Carson Wentz 
Look, I'm I'm not on the panic train yet. I saw a lot of people on Twitter because that's Twitter is the place where people go to overreact. That's all it is. That's all. That's all social media is. No, social no, 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 social no. media is the place where people go to be dramatic and overreact. Carson, it's like it's not make or break for Carson Wentz in in that game. Like I I, I get it. It's the Washington football team. Everybody's like, oh, it's a rebuilding team. But what I will say is that front like the. Your front seven just has to be good on defense. That can cover up the back end, right? Chase Young made one crazy impact. They have some offensive line issues in Philly. I get that. They've got some receiver issues in Philly. I get that. But Carson Wentz has to play better week in, week out. They're paying him over $100 million. For what reason? To do exactly just that. Perform at a high level each and every single week. No excuses made. And he didn't do that last week. Not for four quarters. They have to clean it up. Miles Sanders was out. So they couldn't really establish a run. But that's besides the point. They have to come out. And they have to perform a lot better in week two. And I will say this. Jalen Hurts may need to play football this year. If Carson Wentz can't clean it up. That was one of my hot takes that I, I said before the season started that I felt like Jalen Hurts will play this season, right? Um, I, I, I like that Jalen Hurts plays. Um, I, I don't – I'm just mind blown of how he he looked like a rookie. He looked like somebody who was shell-shot like, holy shit, I'm playing against an NFL defense. Like – Chase Young and them boys, they, let's be honest, man. They, they should have known, and maybe this is the game plan too, but they should have known that those that defensive line was going to come after, get after. And we don't have receiver, or I'm sorry, Philly doesn't have the receivers to, to run plays to get downfield. Um, you can't run five-step drop plays to, to, to hope your receivers get open. You just can't do it. You know what I mean? I think that's one of the things that um, they did poorly. Um, I, I think it's – I, I kind of relate his play and Baker Mayfield play kind of the same. Uh, nah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm saying output in their play as far as how bad they played um, and, and, and schematics of the game, right? Um, I think they both held on to the ball a lot, right? Um and when the pass rush is coming at you, you can't hold on to the ball. You have to get rid of the ball. You have to run quick shit. You, you got to get it to your receivers and, and hope they can get you some yak. Or you got to run the ball effectively. Or the screen game. You have to do one of those to be successful with a good defense. And they weren't doing neither one of those and doing them at a good level, to at a high level, to, to, to be successful and win the ball game. Yeah, and, you know, one thing that really – I'm not surprised that the secondary didn't play that well down the stretch. I mean, I expected higher – I mean, expected for them to play much better. But, like, the Eagles' offense was so bad, I really couldn't blame the defense because I'm like, man, they were on the field for so long. Yeah. Like, they get tired. I yeah. get that. But, man, the, like, the linebacker core, like, they were strong in the first half. I was like, okay, I'm impressed by the linebackers because I, I really still think that's the, the weakest position on defense for them. But, man, Vinny Curry going down, like, we lose depth at defensive line. Like, 
I just Malik Jackson did play well though. I did. I will say that him and Fletcher Cox. Well, Fletcher Cox is is a baller, so he's gonna play well every week. He shows up every week. But man, it, I think that they have to figure something out, man. Otherwise, it's not looking really good in Philly. It's not always sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> uh, yeah, but speaking of that, let's, let's I, we I, I brought up the the Browns. Let's jump into the Browns for a second. Um, I got a question for you: Is 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 this this tonight? Since the Browns are playing, you know, today's Thursday. Since the, the Browns are playing tonight against the Bengals, is this a make or break game for for Baker Mayfield today? Make or break? No, but it must win. Yes. It's not a make or break because I think, I mean, they'll still give him leeway. I mean, he was the first round pick just, what, three years ago. So, I mean, they'll give him time. But it's a must win because it's the Bengals. This team just went 2-14. and 14. Like, and I, I get it. It's not the same team as it was a year ago. Bengals were hurt last year. But the Browns can't keep making excuses as to why they're losing football games. They're home. They have a healthy... Odell, Baker Mayfield was the number one pick. They got they went out and spent all the money on Austin Hooper. They got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, who both averaged damn near six yards a carry last week, and they stopped running the ball. But they were they were down so bad that they had to pass. That's what they have to do tonight. They have to run the ball at least twenty at least twenty five times tonight. Where was the defense? Non existent. They were playing the Ravens. Or were they not playing the Ravens? <laughs> <laughs> if, what they should have done was let the starters sit last week. Yeah. Because let's be real. I mean, people can throw jabs all day at the Browns for what, how they played last week. I think that the Ravens are on another level this year. And I think that they have a chip on their shoulder because of the – not just because they lost in the playoffs, but because how they lost in the playoffs. Like, they got punched in the mouth. And I think they're coming out trying to not only establish that we're the best team in the AFC, we're the most dominant team in the in the, in the NFL. That's I think that's the message they're trying to prove every week. Not saying they'll win like that every week, but I think that's the type of mentality that they carry like right like this entire season. And the Browns just so happen to be the first victim. So I wanted to I I I want to get my piece on uh, you brought up the Ravens, which is another good topic, but I want to say my piece with the with the Browns. I think this is a make or break game. I think this is a um, must win game for the Cleveland Browns and for Baker Mayfield's sake. I think um, when you have the talent you have on offense and you're not getting them the ball, it's a problem. Uh, I, I said it a little bit ago. Baker Mayfield holds on to the ball a little too much. Um, he, he's patting. He, he, if you look, he he's horrible. He he looks like he can't read a defense, and he can't go through his progressions. A progression of quarterback is supposed to be able to a progression for a quarterback should be able to scan the field left to right, or right to left, depending on the heart, the target. Uh, but mostly they go left to right, and you go option one, two, three, four, five, whatever, right? He doesn't look like he can get through his whole progression in a playbook, in, the, in their playbook. And I don't know if the offense is that complicated 
or if they need to dump or, or he, he just can't do it. But they need to dumb it down, allow him to scan half of the field, and make an option and, and throw the ball to to, the, to his receivers. But you got to get the guys. You got to get your guys some some touches. You you got to target target Odell Beckham as much as you can. You have to run the football as much as you can though. And then you also have to use Jarvis Landry so he can be some type of decoy or or, or something. I mean, we haven't heard Jarvis Landry since it, since Odell has been there. Well, I won't say that. You know, he he had a pretty good year last year. We, we it, he had a pretty good year to what? So to, to to as 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 a year of him playing last year, or to the standards that we we've seen for Jarvis Landry, yeah, he, he had them there a better year than Odell did last year. He did. Odell was hurt. He did. But I don't think with Jarvis Landry right this he's playing tonight. Well, he's playing against Cincinnati on on Thursday night football, and he has a hip injury. But this, I still think that I think you're right. He can't go out and be a decoy. They just have to. Find a way to use him as such. Right. I, I think that they need more from that. Austin Hooper, you need more from him too. Yeah. I think it's hard. This, this pressure is going to come down on Baker Mayfield. And pressure busts pipes. And not only does the pressure of winning, but now you have the you're starting to have the pressure of getting getting to the getting everybody touches that needs to get touches. So it's, it's going to be real interesting to see how this plays out. Yeah, I, I, and I, just before we get off the topic of the uh, Thursday night football game, I think the the key for tonight is run the football. Like, and and I think that's going ultimately it could be the downfall of the Cleveland Browns. Like Baker Mayfield is your most, he's your highest touted player, right? That's the guy that everybody's talking about. Nick Chubb is their best player. Like that's 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 the key. Nick Chubb is their best player. They have to treat him as such. They're paying Baker. Well, he's on his rookie deal, but he was, I get he was the number one pick. That's the guy you want to come out. You want him to be that guy. Right now, he's just not that guy. Where is the accuracy and the the athleticism from Baker Mayfield that we saw? Not, I mean, you're not even what three four years ago when he was in college. Well, I mean, it's different levels of. I I, I get that. I, it's different levels from from going to college to pros. Yeah. But it's it he it looks night and day. Even year one, he looked athletic enough, and was making plays with his legs and being able to throw the ball downfield. And since year one, I haven't seen that. Yeah, I mean it's it's like he's a completely different guy. But then I, I think that the Browns had the recipe the whole time. They just messed it up. Greg Williams should have been the head coach. Freddie Kitchens should have continued to be the offensive coordinator. They wanted to mess with the ingredients, and they end up burning. They they end up messing up the food. Like that's what happens. And so you hope that Kevin Stefanski could come in and kind of emulate what he did in Minnesota last year, as far as the play calling and what he did with Kirk Cousins. But 
right now we just I mean we don't know because I think that to evaluate the performance from last week is kind of it's kind of rough to do that because it was it's such a like the Ravens are such a superior team and it's week one and it's a new it's a new system with Baker Mayfield so it's gonna be some bumps in the road but tonight they have to they have to beat the Bengals no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The the Bengals, outside of William Jackson in the secondary and Jesse Bates, who do they have? Nobody. Nobody that can cover. Like, oh, if Ode, you know William Jackson only plays one side of the ball. He only plays one side of the field, right? So he's not shadowing Odell Beckham. Put Odell Beckham on the right-hand side. William Jackson usually plays the left. If it's, if it's Odell versus Darius Phillips... I'm taking Odell 10 out of 10 times. I'll take that matchup. So we'll see. We'll see what they do. And oh, and the Bengals also last year had the worst linebacking core in the NFL. Use Austin Hooper. Yeah, I mean, if you they've always been bad with tight ends in the middle of the field. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think that's gonna that's gonna have to be the key for them. And I, like in takeaways, I like I need to see takeaways from the defense. You paid Miles Garrett one hundred and twenty five million dollars just a few weeks or just a few months ago. Miles Garrett has to make more of an he has to. I need at least three sacks tonight, Miles Garrett. The Bengals still have a very bad offensive line. They have to get pressure on Burrow. Yeah, man, it's it's bad. We'll we'll get to see this game tonight, and um, hopefully we we um, for for Baker Mayfield's sake, um, he wins this game, or uh, it's it's gonna start getting ugly for them. Uh, Touchstone, you you mentioned the the Ravens for a second, and I just want to congratulate uh, Lamar Jackson again, uh, a guy who's continuing to, def- to defeat the odds and. Um, people say, hey, he can't win games in the pocket. They just did it last week. He won games in the pocket. He, he didn't run, I don't think, as much as he normally did. Um, he didn't scramble as much as he normally do. That that kid sat out there and, and sat back in that pocket and slang that rock around. So uh, shout out to him, man, for just def- defeating the odds and um, showing guys that he can he can become a better player over the offseason and and um, lead his team to a victory. Yeah, and I think that's what we will see out of Lamar Jackson because uh, I think that he realized in that game against the Titans that what they were basically forcing him to do was escape the pocket because they didn't believe in his arm enough and they didn't believe in his ability to throw to the, like to the hash marks. He relies a lot on the tight end. We know that. Last year, him and Mark Andrews hooked up. For, like Those were a majority of his touchdowns. Yep. Across the middle, not on the outside. But I think just from for Lamar Jackson, I think that was one of the things that he wanted to work on this offseason. And I think that he will, when needed, he will go out and, you know, scramble and have those games where he has like 80 yards rushing, 100 yards rushing. But I think we'll see more of Lamar Jackson, the passer, versus Lamar Jackson, the athletic quarterback. Not only that, too. Like, I think uh, I, I follow Hollywood Brown on uh, social media. And uh, I just happened to catch a glimpse of 
just his work ethic and uh and his out all season workouts and another thing I can say is man this this guy is well prepared um and I think he's going to be something that helps push Lamar Jackson off to the next level as well uh being able to throw in a pocket because I mean Hollywood came out and I think he had about four or five catches for like 80 yards or something like that um it looked good you know what I mean I'm along with the tight end, you know, and then they they go and they they use J.K. Dobbins at at, at the best way. Hey, Mark Ingram is, I'll say this: Mark Ingram is one of the most selfless players I've probably ever seen in my life. Yeah, without a doubt. Like he is a the he gets the most selfless award award. Um, this dude comes in and and is the quote unquote star running back, but allows the backup running backs and to to groom them and allows them to get touches. He could be one of those guys where he's like, no, 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 I want all the touches. And he, and he don't. I mean, he did it with Alvin Kamara, and he's doing it now with a, a, a rookie. You know what I mean? And some people like not rooks. Not just any rookie. No, no, no. I mean, I, I know that, right? Um, a, a rookie from Ohio State. So I, I definitely know that J.K. Dobbins is probably going to be one of the, the future backs in this league, um, if it, if it's not for the Baltimore Ravens, it's going to be for someone else. Um, but he's legit. Yeah, I think he's a little bit like to me. He's like an upgrade from Ray Rice. He's like Ray Rice with superpowers. Yes, like that's how I would define J.K. Dobbins in a running game. Superpowers, uh, being able to catch out the backfield. Um, his lateral movement is probably one of the best at his size his ability to block ability to block is high as well too i mean that that that's what's required when you play for us for ohio state no we won't say that about all the running backs that come uh, out of ohio state you, you kind of like majority of the probably the last that, that's not the last the, the last running backs to come out of ohio state probably in the last i'll say five to maybe ten ten might be pushing it but five to ten they that's the standard I think Urban is Urban and Ryan Day is I think Ryan Day is taking it to another level, but Urban created a standard. And now that standard is even higher now with Ryan Day. Okay. But <laughs> <laughs> But man, uh week two coming up, man. We gotta do some rapid picks, right? So this is gonna be yeah. a segment every week. Go through, do rapid picks. Uh so I'll go ahead. And we'll start tonight, Thursday night football, Bengals versus Browns. Who you got? Bengals. I'm taking Browns. All right, Sunday slot, Giants versus Chicago Bears. Chicago. I'm taking the Bears as well. Atlanta at Dallas. Dallas. I'm taking Dallas. Detroit at Green Bay. Green Bay. I'm taking Detroit. Jacksonville at Tennessee. I'm taking Tennessee. I'm taking Tennessee as well. Minnesota at Indy. Minnesota. I'm taking Indy. Buffalo at Miami. Buffalo. I'm taking Buffalo. San Francisco at the Jets. Taking San Fran. Anybody but the Jets. Uh, L.A. Rams at Philadelphia Eagles. Rams. I'm taking Eagles for certain reasons. Denver at Pittsburgh. Taking Pittsburgh. I'm taking Pittsburgh, but Denver, Denver's going to be a very, 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 very good team. 
Carolina at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. I'm taking Carolina. Washington at Arizona. Arizona. Give me Arizona and Kyler Murray. Kansas City at Los Angeles Chargers. Kansas City. Big. (laughs) Kansas City, uh, Patrick Mahomes would be sitting in the fourth. Uh, Baltimore at Houston. Baltimore. Big. Baltimore, real big. This this big might get Bill Bill O'Brien fired. Yeah, and I want to talk about that for a quick second. All right, uh, all right. New England at Seattle Sunday Night Seattle. Football. All right, yeah, I'm taking Seattle too. And then Monday Night Football to end it out, New Orleans at Las Vegas. New Orleans. Nah. I, I hesitated, but yeah. I'm taking New Orleans as well. Drew just looked off last week, and Mike Thomas not playing this week. Uh, they get it back on track. Trust me. Uh, but yeah, you said you wanted to talk about uh, Bill O'Brien possibly getting fired. Yeah, man. Hey, there there's a few guys, and Bill O'Brien is one of them. How, how does this dude have his job still? I mean, we talk about the factor of uh, not being good in the playoffs. Um, you you trade away your the best player. Probably Houston's had in a in a while, right? Offensively, you trade him away. Don't get me wrong; people are gonna say Deshaun Watson is is legit as well, and I'm I'm not discrediting that. But uh, when you have DeAndre Hopkins, who arguably could be one of the top receivers in this league, you you don't trade him away. Um, this dude goes out last week. And they stunk it up. How does this dude continue to have his job? I hope I really don't I really don't like going against guys in our jobs and things like that, especially when sports because they're livelihood. But I'll tell you this. I hope the Baltimore Ravens or um, I hope the Baltimore Ravens blast them bad. And He's fired. They look bad. No creative. Again, and maybe it's just week one and I'm overreacting. No creativeness. Not effectively running the ball. Can't protect your quarterback. (laughs) I mean, what do you do? Like, you basically said we're putting all our chips into Deshaun Watson. And we're going to get low-level receivers average at best and we're going to get three of them and we're going to make sure that they collectively as a unit do what DeAndre Hopkins did. Yeah, and I I will say this. I I get what you're saying and I think that you're absolutely right and I think it's a few things that play that play into the whole Bill O'Brien thing, right? So when Bill O'Brien, the, the one thing that we do know about him is he's from what coaching tree? Uh, the Bill Belichick, right? Yes. And if Bill Belichick traded away a top player, we don't question it. We just say, oh, it's the Patriots. It's a machine, right? The one thing that Bill O'Brien has to realize is he's not Bill O'Brien. I mean, he's not Bill Belichick, and, and the Texans aren't the New England Patriots. 
It's not the same thing. So you're not in a position where you can afford to trade out a guy who's top five at his position. You can't. You can't do that. Because the Houston Texans are not a machine. They they can't even go to the AFC Championship game. They can't. Like, that's, that's what he has to realize. And two, the one thing that I, I did notice about what he's done and what he's trying to build there is He's trying to replicate what they're doing in Kansas City, but he can't do it because he's not as good of a coach as Andy Reid. He's just not. Like, look, he took away he took away um, DeAndre Hopkins, and what did he bring in? He brought in Brandon Cooks, right? Yep. What and what do we know about Kansas City? The offensive out like the outside receivers are all what? They're all speed guys. Speed guys. And he has Will Fuller. He has Kenny Stills. He has Brandon Cooks now. They're all vertical threats. Randall Cobb they didn't use him well. Yeah, and they're right there, but they're all vertical threats. And he just he can't he can't duplicate what Andy Reid is doing because he's not Andy Reid. Doesn't have that ability. So I mean that's my spill on that. But you know I think I think the writing's on the wall for. Uh, for Bill O'Brien, because usually what they what happens is is a guy gets paid, like a quarterback gets paid. If the team doesn't live up to expectations, the coach is out the door. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping so because this is the guy who has a lot more control than he probably should has of the roster, and um, is not performing at a high level. So I, I, I it's just mind blowing for me, man. I, he's one of the guys and. Uh, Denver's coach is another guy. That guy mismanaged the game. See, uh, I'm, I'm on the fence about that because I like Vic Fangio. I like him. Nah, I'm not a fan. You mismanage a game like that. That was poorly. That was bad. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy who does, apparently doesn't like using timeouts. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, it, even it, listen. Even if the kicker does miss that many field goals. And extra points. You make sure one thing, right? You give your offense a chance. Hell, you ice the kicker. Make him think about all of the kicks he's missed. He didn't even do that. That's bad. Yeah. And that is poor management of a of a, a team of a game, and to a certain extent, I believe is <laughs> something that can help get him fired. <laughs> like that's just bad. I don't know if I won't, I don't even know if I say that. I think I think Vic Fangio. I think he'll obviously have the year to play out, but I think Denver is actually going to be a good team. I think they'll be one of those teams that's like. On the cusp, if they don't make the playoffs, they'll be a team on the cusp of making the playoffs. I, I can see nine. I can see a nine and seven record with this team, and I, I think a large part of it will be due to Jerry Judy, who I did pick to win offensive rookie of the year. Hmm. Yeah, I, I I can't see it yet, so I, I just want to. I mean, that bad management of a game, I that that cost you. And that can cost you multiple games. And Drew Locke. Let's let's talk about Drew Locke. Drew Locke has the most confidence of any quarterback, but he looks like 
Who does Drew, Drew Locke looks like the guy, the kid in the neighborhood who parents buys him all the jewelry, so he thinks he's kind of cool, but he really corny. But like we hang out with him anyway, just because like he just he he's so wrapped up in the culture that like we like oh you know what we, we, I rock with you like you you kind of corny, but I rock with you. You for the culture a little, a little bit. bit, yeah. Like and I, I vibe with that so I, I do like I like Drew Locke and I, I like his like his confidence is the confidence Baker Mayfield used to have yeah it is it, it is man it definitely is but it's all about hey I'll tell you one thing though you can always tell who's in a winning culture who's in a losing culture kind of based upon like how they are you know what I mean and uh, 100% I mean the Broncos is I mean it they they have a winning culture to yeah. a certain degree, you know what I mean? Like they're they're not no slouches. I mean they they've built something there. So um, it's a difference between having something and always striving to be a good team versus um, coming from a bad team and trying to become a good team like the Cleveland Browns are. Yeah, and I, I think that's like one of the biggest differences. So. I don't know, man. I, I I mean, we'll see what the season brings. You know, I think this could be a make-or-break year for Vic Fangio because I think John Elway has a, a, a low tolerance for losing, having this, the team in a losing position. Yeah, so, and, you, and you don't lose games off of Mitch, man. That, I think that's why I say that, that, that's a that's a coming-out party for him probably getting fired. You, you don't lose games by mismanaging games, right? You lose games because you're not talented enough. You lose games because your quarterback uh, play was bad. You lose games because your defense played bad. You lose games because your kicker missed field goals or bad calls at the end of the game. They kind of could take a play in effect. But you don't lose games because you mismanage a game. Okay. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, but, man, so week two is going to be fun in the NFL, man. Next week we get to talk about some more games. Uh but man, NBA, NBA, Eastern Conference Finals, Game One. That's a, hey, that was a game, and I'll take I'll take seven games that. Even though I'm call, I called Miami in six, I'll take seven games if we can get Game One every single one. I I I don't have Miami in six. I don't have Miami in six. I have Boston in six. Um, but I agree with you 100%. Um, if we get a game like that, if we get all our games like that, I, I am all for it. Hell, even if it goes seven, even though I have Boston at seven, if they go seven, I still am for the play that we're getting. I mean, flat out, we got what? Two best, two good defensive um, teams in game one. This, they played very, very well. Um, it was a chess match. Um, you talk about two coaches that are, you know, they don't get the credit that they deserve, but they're one of the – they're those these two coaches are some of the best in the business when it talks about coaches and uh, X's and O's and, and just getting the best out of their players and their unit that may not have as much talent as some of the other teams have. Um, or have younger guys – um. So uh, that that was that was great basketball in game one. Yeah. Game two, it kind of looks like it's a. Uh, right now, it looks like you know the, the Celtics are up pretty big, but 
We'll we'll see. I mean, NBA is a game's a run, so it's halftime. We'll we'll see how it goes after uh, after half. Yeah, no, no. I think that you know, <clears throat> Pat Riley, man. How like how good is Pat Riley? If you think about that, right? Last like last year was like okay, Miami's gonna have to rebuild, find a way to you know become one of those top tier teams. What did they do? They went out, they got Jimmy Butler and acquired him in free agency. They draft Tyler Hero. They don't know you don't know what Tyler Harrell is going to be because he wasn't like the man at Kentucky, but he he was a shooter and he was a guy that was highly recruited. Miami he got him into the back end of the lottery. Turns out to be a, a stud in the playoffs. Bam out of Bayou developed crazy now. It, it's it's crazy just their, their culture that they that the Miami has is one of those cultures where it's like hey. We're not we're not always the the most talented teams. We're not always the most sought out players, but but damn it, we're gonna outwork almost any team that we play. It's a blue collar team in a white collar town. Yep. The only difference is is they're playing another blue collar team as well that that has talent. Yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 you know what though, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think that you know. This game is just, it's more fun just to see how the coaches make adjustments than it is just to see the, the players go out and, uh, and produce. You know what I mean? Like, because Brad Stevens is a really good coach. And also to mention, I, if I'm not mistaken, he's the only head NBA coach to ever go to a, a NBA championship or coaching the Final Four and coaching the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. And he's only like forty three years old. Okay, I, I one one thing while we're on this topic is, can you put some more respect on Jason Tatum's name, please? I'll put o- outside mo- of the block. I mean, come on, like outside of the block. Don't get me wrong, but you, can 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 we can you start to put a little bit more respect on his name? I will put more respect. I'm not a big fan of Jason Tatum. I won't lie. I'm just not. I do think I do think he's a, a young up and coming blossom blossoming star in the league but i i don't know if he has the highest ceiling on the floor or on the team Jalen Jalen brown has the highest ceiling on you're, the you're team changing the conversation i'm not changing the conversation i'll put more respect on his name thank you that's I, all I, I will that's all i mean he's 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 a bucket that, that, that's all i was asking i was asking i didn't ask about Jalen brown and you just like him for Jalen brown what i was asking was can you put some more respect on Jason Tatum's name. I will put more respect on his Thank name. That's, that, that's, that, I mean, that's, that's I think that's I'm going saying. without that's going without saying. I mean, I, no, I always, I, I always, saying. I always give credit to ballers who ball. Do I or do I not? You do, but a couple weeks ago, you weren't saying the same thing. Yeah, I don't think he's a superstar. I don't, not yet. Taylor Rooks says, and we can go back to it. You. She says, a superstar in the making in front of our eyes. And you didn't see that. I saw it. But hes I don't think he's a superstar. A superstar? He's becoming a superstar in front of our eyes. You just you just said. He will, he will be a there superstar. There we go. There he, we go. He, well, he so that's to, all she was yeah. saying. That's all she was saying. Taylor Rooks was saying he's becoming a superstar right now in front of our eyes. 
but he's not right now. Like that's I don't like it's coming. I mean, game on the line. I don't even want him taking the last shot. I I understand why people do, but I think Kimball Walker, if game is on the line, the ball should always be in his hands. Yeah, but that's 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 Kimba. But that's because that's Kimba. He's lived off what the step back jumper. Like that. That's the that that um almost to a certain extent. I mean, this might be taking it too far, but the step back jumper should be trademarked by Kimball Walker, right? I mean, who's lived and died by the step back jumper more than him? Not many. James Harden maybe, but this dude has won games off the step back jumper a lot. Nobody has a better step back in the NBA right now than Kimball Walker. You you won't get an argument from me. But I just won't respect. Just respect Jason Tatum. I, I got That's I, it. I got respect on his name. But Ooh. but going into the Western Conference Finals, it won't be a, a LA versus LA. It's LA versus LA versus Denver, and that's the Lakers versus the Nuggets. Not the Clippers, nowhere to be found. If we have video, y'all see me step up a little bit. I, this your time to see, shine. This this is man. I'll tell you what. Before I before I shine too much, I like to say this. There's there's only been two series and my adulthood that I would like to see. And that was either the Lakers versus Cleveland. Sorry, three. Lakers versus Cleveland and or Lakers versus Miami. And then this one, the Lakers versus Clippers. And I've got neither one of those. Serious. This was probably the most highly anticipated series in this playoffs. And we don't get it. <clears throat> we don't get it because Kawhi Leonard and Paul George just flat out didn't show up. They stunk. They stunk. Um, their, their, their supporting cast stunk. And I'll tell you what. In this game... While watching the Clippers lose to the Denver Nuggets, I found a little bit more appreciation for LeBron James. And I'll tell you why. I found more appreciation for LeBron James because of his emotion, because of his energy, and because of his play. What I saw in Kawhi Leonard was flat out ridiculous. Kawhi Leonard had... Showed no emotion. He had a horrible game. A horrible closing game. And he didn't show no emotion to pick his his unit up. And I get that's not Kawhi Leonard. But in moments like that, you need a guy who can show emotion and pick your team up. And when you're always a quiet guy and walking around even kill, you can't hype up your team to get them riled up and ready to 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 go do something that is probably one of the the, the things you set out to do is to go to the the Western Conference Finals. Now I'll say this, and I've been saying this for years. 
I don't give the, the, the I, I I will bash the players all day long. But I'll tell you one thing for sure, two things for certain. I will not let Doc Rivers off the hook. If I am the owner, I am firing Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers should not have his job right now. Doc Rivers has had ample opportunities to win playoff series and don't win them. Some people might think I'm crazy because he's a winning coach, and, and I get that. But what Doc Rivers did in this series was flat out bad. They were up 3-1. And I'm not saying that the players did not contribute to their playing because they assumed that talent was going to be a a well-coached team and and a team that was hungry. But Doc Rivers made no adjustments. Zero adjustments. They... From game five on, they move Jokic into the into the middle of the court and set ball screens from there. He picked and pop, picking maybe a small roll, not all the way roll to the basket, and abused them. They had no answer for it. They tried to put Kawhi Leonard on Jokic, and it didn't happen. There, there, there was no answer. That was the only adjustment I saw him make. He tried to put Kawhi Leonard on it. And you do that at game seven. You did, it, You couldn't figure that out? You could not figure that out. This is the guy who has had great teams. His whole coaching. He's had some okay teams. I'm not saying that. He's had some bad teams. I'm not saying that. But this dude has had some great teams. And how many championships does he have? One. When the Clippers collapsed with Blake Griffin and Chris Paul in them, it was all on them. Oh, Chris Paul and Blake Griffin stay hurt. Oh, they they couldn't get it done. He had DeAndre Jordan. I mean, how, how how many players do you want? You have a roster. You have the deepest roster in the NBA. And yet you can't. You can't win one game. You 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 lost. You were up three one. You lost three straight games. That is that that that. It was mind blowing to see, and I'm, I'm gonna let you talk for a second. It was mind blowing to see. When you start to see that game get out of hand, now Sam Cassell, now Tyron Lue, now Doc is all standing up, trying to coach, trying to call out plays. I'm talking about I've never seen three NBA coaches stand up for multiple possessions and they're all together talking on a defensive end because this team just – Went lackadaisical defensively. That was bad. That was bad. That means that they were not prepared to adjust to what the Denver Nuggets was doing, and they thought that their talent was going to outperform them. Well, let me guess. Let me tell you something. We're in the playoffs. We're in. A, by the time you get to, after the first round. Talent really doesn't matter, especially in the Western Conference. It's about adjustments. 
it's about making the right plays. And we didn't get that. Oh, play. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Sorry to cut you off some more. Playoff. Who the fuck gave play? Paul George. Don't ever. If I ever see playoff Pete mentioned for Paul George again, I'm going to smack the shit out of them. He is Paul George. He's the guy who said, hey, I've been a Clipper. This, this is karma, too. This guy signed to the Clippers and said, hey, I've been a Clipper fan my whole life. You haven't been a Clipper fan your whole life. You were a Kobe fan. You were a Laker fan. This dude caught. I think he might have gave himself playoff P. Did he give him that? His, you cannot give yourself a nickname. Your mom gave you some of your nicknames. Your brother may or your sister may have gave you some of your nicknames. Your boys even called you Rio instead of Mario. But you've never said, hey, my name is Rio. You don't introduce yourself as Rio. You introduce yourself as Mario. You let other people call you Rio. Well, I'm here to say it's not playoff P. It's Paul George. The guy who used to date Doc Rivers' daughter. Floor is yours, sir. All right, I, uh, I just got a few things to say. I, don't, I won't be long-winded on it. I know that this was this segment was literally for you. This was your time to shine. This is everything for you. I will say this though. I think that people can now understand why I've always said Doc Rivers is not a great coach. He's a very, he's a good coach, just not a great coach. Phil Jackson is a great coach. George Carl was a great coach. He's not a great coach. Pat Riley was a is it like he's a great coach. Like those are guys who you can say are great coaches. Not Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers in 2002-2003 was coaching the Orlando Magic. Tracy McGrady led the league in scoring. 32 points a game. They're up 3-1 against the Detroit Pistons, right? Yep. The infamous infamous uh, pre- uh, press conference, the post-game conference. They asked Tracy McGrady, how do you feel? Oh, I feel great. I'm about to go to this. I'm, f- I'm finally about to get out of the first round. What do they do? They lost. They lost. You got the number one score in the NBA. I understand the Orlando Magic wasn't the most talented team, but they should at least beat the Pistons that year. But they did. They got out coached. Doc Rivers had it took him to to have a big three to win a championship. He went he went championship he he wins a championship against uh, the Los Angeles Lakers. But he's got Paul Pierce. He's got Ray Allen. He's got Kevin Garnett. He's got a bunch of role players, young guys. Tony Allen, one of the best defenders in the NBA at the time. He's got a young Rajon Rondo, who was one of the best point guards in the NBA at the time. Arguably one of the, I mean, a top point guard in, in NBA yeah, history. history. But I'm saying at the time, though. Yeah. You know, he, but, and he was young. It was a floor general. So, so I mean, it's it's easier to win when you coach in talent. 
But I want to know what's going to happen when, when your back's against the wall. And it's not saying to not to discredit him at all because I think great coaches are, have the ability to manage talent. But I also think great coaches have to have the ability to win games that they're supposed to win. When was the last time Phil Jackson blew a 3-1 lead? He didn't. That's the difference between a good coach and a great coach. And that's all I really got to say about that. But I will say this, though. To uh, to all credit, Paul George has a nickname. It's just not Playoff P. It's PG-13. That's the only nickname I've ever heard of Paul George. Never heard anybody calling him Playoff P until this year. And I really want to know why. Because let's be honest. The best years he had in the playoffs, he was in Indianapolis. And nobody called him Playoff P. But... I don't know. Uh, but all next year, I'm wearing the shirt that says uh, Way Off P is apparently the, the name that people have been giving him. But I, I will I will, if, I will, will get a shirt that says Playoff P on it with Paul George on it. And I will wear it next year. I, I'll, I'll, I'll make one Way Off P, but I, I, Playoff P, no. Yeah, the, the Clippers, but this is the thing, though. I, I don't know. I, I want to say that they go away from Doc Rivers. I would. If, if if I'm them, I'm going away from Doc Rivers. But my thing is, who could you get to coach? Mark Jackson? Yes. At this point... Because you have to have an upgrade from Doc Rivers. You can't just say, okay, we're going to take whoever. We got to have an upgrade from Doc Rivers. I mean, but but again... We, you we, know we what? trust in Mark Jackson. You know what, though? But the, the excuse is going to be they have enough time. COVID hit. They didn't get chemistry. They they set out too much. They had injuries. I don't want to hear excuses I, that, anymore. I don't either. Wait, wait. Jalen Rose said it best. When you build a super team, the expectation is to win right away. The expectation is not to it is 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 not to all right, we're going to have a year under our belt. Then next year we're going to come stronger. That's the same exact expectation that I've gave to the Brooklyn Nets in a couple podcasts ago. We talked about that. And I talked about how that's going to be a high expectation for Jason Kidd. I, I am going to leave it at this. The Clippers are will always be the little brothers. And for any Clipper fans, because it ain't really many, a lot of them just jumped on the Clipper bandwagon now. For any Clipper fans that think that they they are big bros, y'all at home. Now, y'all, hey, barring injury and and, and other things maybe, y'all have given LeBron James his fourth fourth, uh, title. Well, he was going to get it regardless. I think so, but they could have at least competed against. It could have been the Battle of L.A.'s. I mean, that that's what we wanted to see. That's what the NBA wanted. They had made a huge profit off of it. Right. It would have been so much of a good marketing, like the Battle of L.A.'s. It would have been big for L.A. But, uh, but yeah, man, definitely got to tap into it next week. Uh Got a lot to dive in. Obviously, a week to the NFL be here. More college football to talk about. NBA playoffs, the conference finals, East and West. 
Uh, so, man, can't wait to episode 21. want to thank everybody for listening to Tunnel Vision Podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Tunnel underscore Viz underscore Pod. Follow me on Twitter at Mario Doremus. You follow me, Easy 513 on Twitter as well. And until next time, want to thank everybody for listening. I'm out.